Welcome to Talk No Jutsu. I'm Smug Donuts here with my wife, Spiral Fishcake, and we're here to talk about anime. Anime is an important part of our culture! On this week's episode, since the holidays are coming up, we're going to talk about our favorite Christmas-themed anime episodes, and we're going to talk about, since the holidays are usually a pretty romantic time in anime, our favorite anime couples. Then after that, we're going to talk about our waifu of the week, Chizuru from Rent-A-Girlfriend. And then lastly, we're going to talk about some anime we've been watching recently, like Rent-A-Girlfriend, Uzuki-chan Wants to Hang Out, Fruits Basket, and more. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! To start us off, one of my favorite Christmas episodes is from an anime that I don't talk about very much. It's Sword Art Online, the original series. In episode three of SAO, they do this episode that actually teaches Kirito a lot. And I think it's one of the moments where we actually see Kirito take a big L and he really suffers a lot in that episode. And I was all on board with Sword Art Online at this point. I was really hype about Sword Art Online because in the episode, it's pretty early on so i'll just talk about it so basically his friend sachi dies and he finds out that there's a christmas event item that will bring a person in your party back to life and so he figures well maybe it might save this person's life if i go get this item and he battles an evil santa claus and gets this item only to find out that the item only revives people that have died within the last 15 seconds or so and he has to deal seriously with the idea that people that he's close to are gonna actually die and die in real life and he has to grapple with the idea that he's participating in this thing where both his life is on the line and his friends are going to be dying around him and it's sort of the first time you see him have to deal with that and it's all in this christmas theme (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty bleak doesn't sound very christmasy but to at me. <laughs> the end of the episode you hear this message from sachi where she sings rudolph the red-nosed reindeer like hums it and she tells him that it wasn't his fault and it was like a pre-recorded message that was supposed to play for him on christmas i just felt like the episode was really well done really touching and it really fit the sao idea that they're in this world that was made as a video game and you experience all that video gamey stuff but at the same time it's hit you harsh with reality it's not just a game when you die in the game you do indeed die you die for in real, real. life <laughs> <laughs> okay so for a christmas episode that's pretty sad well the rest of mine aren't that <laughs> sad well at least he does learn some christmas lessons which are important which kirito needs to learn lessons sometimes you know yeah and i have a problem with sorted online a lot where it seems like kirito is overpowered and always so cool under pressure and i like in that episode you can see him growing and learning in the situation on a another sort of depressing note actually <laughs> this isn't technically an episode it's an anime movie but i wanted to include it anyway the disappearance of haruhi suzumiya Ooh, that's one of my favorites in the beginning of the movie haruhi is planning a christmas party for them all and she seems to be having a good time i don't know if everybody else is necessarily having a good time <laughs> they but are. she is she's having a great time she's forcing asahina into a santa outfit you know as you do with your friends oh yeah yeah force them to wear clothes that they obviously don't want to wear that's kind of haruhi's thing though but anyway the sos brigade is indeed gonna have a christmas party and then alas 
lots of other shenanigans happen. Do they prevent their Christmas party? You'll just have to see. Pretty sure there's a point in that movie where like Christmas presents burst out of a building just as a spicy preview. Kion has a lot of revelations in that movie. It's cool to see them all together. Christmas very much is a time that brings people together. I think that one of the cool things about that one is typically Christmas is held in a very family Mm -hmm. zone but Haruhi has created this room where her family is in this club room and so they throw the Christmas thing inside of this club room. Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't really make any sense, they do it anyway and they decide to have their own little kind of family. Well the club is her family. She loves everybody there. Let me bring up another one that isn't so depressing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean not all of the disappearance of Haruhi is depressing. There are some good moments. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to make you all think that it's super depressing. It's just certain things that are good disappear. Yeah, you'll just have to find out. Will they save their Christmas party? You'll just have to see. Alright, the next one I have is Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Yeah. The whole thing is very Christmas themed. They do a play where Kana and Shota do this matchstick girl and then in the middle of the play there's also a part where they're magical girls. You know, it's it's confusing. But... uh... <laughs> Sounds like a very versatile play. <laughs> the part I like a lot is there's this part where Hana really wants to see Santa. She wants to catch Santa, and they have stockings hung over her bed, and she stays up as long as she can. And Toru hears that she wants to see Santa, so Toru actually magically creates a chimney, like a fireplace, in her room so that Santa can come. <laughs> it's really cute. And then in the middle of the night, Kobayashi sneaks into her room with the present and tries to put it in the stocking but then she wakes up and she has to hide that's funny <laughs> and then later kobayashi and Toru exchange gifts and go on a dragon ride yeah i remember that part kobayashi gives Toru a little scarf and she's in dragon mode so it's just like hide to her horn yeah but she wears it later in human mode <laughs> it's that, cute. that's one of those one that's really heartwarming because it's not pure magic christmas whatever there's stuff that goes wrong there's stuff that is just sort of family being family but it still brings warmth to your heart but it's not all just pillowy marshmallowy goodness it's real it's fun but also magic and dragon rides but very real family stuff (laughs) (laughs) have you not been on the dragon rides with your family oh i have uh uh, yeah yeah, me me too yeah i have yeah all the time it's i was talking about the magic being weird oh what my family does magical no 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 not that not like no i mean like the dragon magic oh yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah minus the magic and dragons you know minus that speaking of magic himoto (laughs) maruchan had some holiday magic yeah in that episode of that anime and in that one she wears cute little reindeer antlers on her that's all you really need that's all you need for a christmas episode Just throw some reindeer thing on your onesie. Is it a onesie or what is it? It's like a little blanket hood I, thing. It's, it's like a snuggie, but with a hood. It's really cute. And she puts little antlers on it for the holiday season. And she's super excited about it. And all she wants to do is spend it with her brother. But her brother has to work late on Christmas. I like their relationship. They get to spend a lot of time together. And she always bothers him. He loves her so much. They love each other. And she doesn't annoy him at all. No. I mean, isn't that a little sister's job to annoy their older brother? Yeah, but they just live together and he's like an adult now. Isn't there some level of maybe he could come home and dinner's made? No. (laughs) (laughs) She has to drink her cola. 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 (laughs) 
<laughs> chips and cola. Also, a big part of that episode is she talks about the kotatsu. Yeah. And she will, like, not shut up about this kotatsu. I've always wanted to try a kotatsu. That seems so lit. And they eat KFC together, which is pretty common in Japan around Christmas time. I wonder what got that kind of tradition I'm sure it was just some commercial advertising that connected the two. Yeah, who knows? Umaru is really cute. I really love that anime. And the fact that even though they're so annoying with each other, you can see that Umaru so badly wants to spend time with her brother on Christmas. It's so cute to see that. For this one thing, she wants to be normal and cute and her normal self with her brother even though all year she deserves coal you know <laughs> then the one girl that always calls her master comes over and she has to become the gremlin again which by the way i never understood that is she actually a gremlin when she transforms <laughs> like that i think so in real life she turns two feet tall how do you do that because i would like to be able to do that you need to get the hoodie oh okay so if i want to be a gremlin whenever i feel like it i have to get a bear hoodie yeah that makes sense gotta eat chips and drink kuda all right i'll work on that and see what happens so the next one i have here Kaon, yui and ui have a lot of scenes together you kind of see them grow up and yui being absent-minded when she was a kid she didn't get Ui a present. Ui is normally the more responsible one, but Yui says that she's going to give Ui a white Christmas, and then it snows and it's really cute seeing Ui react to the white Christmas and all that. And you see them put a Christmas tree together, and there's also a really cute scene where they're missing a scarf and a glove and they help make sure that each other is warm. And later in the episode, they give each other a glove and a scarf. It melts my heart. I was saying in Dragon Maid, it's very real but that anime it's just all marshmallowy and heartwarming so and cute. makes so you just want to melt such cute sisterly love the most wholesome thing in it the is. world Kaon is your favorite anime yes it's my favorite it is not necessarily one of my favorites. and that's one of my favorite moments if not my favorite moment is when they're like trying to make each other warm out in the cold yeah, there's so something adorable. so heartwarming about that it really scene. is heartwarming I don't know what it is it's just so pure it's just that they care about each other so much and you see how much it means to the other person in the animation itself they don't try to make it this really clever smart whatever moment that's one of the most beautiful things about love whether that's familial love romantic love friendship love is when you do little cute things for each other mm-hmm. you know it doesn't have to be grand gestures all the time or right. it doesn't have to be you saving them from some danger it can just be cute little things like I see that you're cold I'm going to share my scarf with you I see that you're missing yeah. a glove I'm going to hold your hand with my gloved hand so yours is warm. It's really sweet. I could I could literally talk about this scene for like <laughs> for <forever>. two hours. <laughs> All right. Well, one episode that I would say is very different from the other episodes in this anime is the Dr. Stone episode where they do a Christmas celebration. Zenku, he works hard to make all these light bulbs for the tree. That's essentially their Christmas tree. It's this really huge tree. Right. And they get them all up there and they light them up. And it's this very victorious moment for them all. Like, yes, we've created a light bulb. It's like something that the season had been working all the way toward. And it's literally one of the most powerful moments of the show. They have this huge victory. In terms of modern times, you think of the invention of the light bulb as this crazy cool thing, and they do it justice, where they get to light up this huge, it's a huge Christmas tree. 
Yeah. And they cover it in lights and they're like, whoa, it's like twinkling stars. And meanwhile, Senku's acting all cool. The one guy's like, is it Christmas today? And Senku's like, huh, crazy. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> is it Christmas? Obviously, Senku was thinking about it being Christmas. <laughs> like, he timed this all perfectly. Come on, Senku. We know your brain's like 500 IQ. Get out of here. Oh, my gosh. And Santa Claus makes a special appearance. That's right. That does happen, weirdly. That was yeah. so weird. We were talking about that. In that world, has Santa Claus just been circling the earth? <laughs> <laughs> dropping presents down chimneys where nobody's in the house it's just stone I think people so. did the elves turn to stone no. obviously santa's not gonna turn to stone because well, he's an immortal being he just made an appearance but there weren't any presents oh so did santa turn everyone to stone because they the were presents really are good? stone oh the presents they're are too stone. heavy for rudolph maybe That'd maybe really santa sad. claus was in the sky so that's why he didn't <gasps> get oh that would make sense well but no it wouldn't because what about people in airplane did they not get you know what this is too complicated this is really complicated anyway i really like that episode of dr stone they did an excellent job with it so next one i have is the pokemon christmas episode (laughs) which by the way every time that there's a christmas episode in pokemon they always make it a special and in the pokemon specials typically the trainers go away for some reason and then the pokemon are just the main focus of the episode and in my opinion those are my favorite episodes they're also fun and wholesome we watched a clip from pikachu's winter vacation where chikorita gets a serious chip on her shoulder because somebody knocks her over one time (laughs) she's trying to look out the window and someone said bam and knocked him on the ground and didn't even apologize to her rude then she tries to commit murders by chopping down icicles on top of people's heads. She goes full on with her revenge scheme. Yeah, she really does. She does the full-on icicle attack right after they play a little song on the icicles, too. Yeah, she really commits. Yeah, there's all sorts of good Pokemon episodes. But one of my favorite ones, it's not exactly Christmas. It's a winter episode where you see Ash get completely lost and he has to sleep in this cave. And it's the dead of winter. And so we don't really even know if he's going to survive. And he gets out all of his Pokemon for warmth and they gather around Charmander's tail. And you can see that it's barely staying lit and it's just so sad because you see them struggling along but even though they could stay warm in their pokeballs they come out and try to make ash feel better and then they do this really long montage and normally i hate memory montage episodes but there's just something about this single episode of pokemon they play this really sad music and you see ash in there in this cave by himself crying to death and just shows all of his memories of them becoming friends and getting to know each other and i'm just like oh my gosh did ash die in that cave is that why he's 10 forever i never even considered that as an option wow i always thought he died when the bomb exploded in episode two but whatever maybe he died multiple times that happens well tune in to winter episodes of pokemon (laughs) to see does ash catch him die of hypothermia alone in a cave with his pokemon they could have made it a lot stupider they could have played over the top of it a acoustic version of the theme song <laughs> like it could have been I like i want to be the very best. yes you teach me and i teach you <laughs> pokemon <laughs> <laughs> that would have been beautiful what do you have against that 
how many anime just take their theme song do a piano arrangement of it and then make that the really touching recap moment music honestly i love that one you love it i love it i love it too when there's a hype moment in a fight or something and they play the opening theme bungo street dogs does that a lot and i love that i love it when it's the end of the anime last episode or so it's the final climactic fight and they play the original theme song from season one the op from season one as the fight music and i'm like yeah go fight (laughs) so i have one that's like a christmas arc and that's the toradora christmas episodes that is probably the best christmas in all of anime a lot happens in that time feelings get brought to light some feelings don't fully get brought to light taiga sings and she's so cute when she sings oh yeah holy she's so cute she's got her hair up in like the most adorable little bun oh my god and she's got this cute dress on yeah this black dress yeah she looks so tiny in that scene she does look so tiny she looks so little i mean she looks tiny all the time yeah but like extra tiny she just looks so cute i just want to like pat her on the head and be like wow you're so good at singing it's a very sweet moment because usually she's just so brash and wild and so it's so different to see her so polished and pretty oh yeah i didn't even think about it like that that's true she's singing with a friend the girl in the group who's like kind of her enemy but it's nice to see them bond over that song together she's a multifaceted lady what can we say And I also love the part where Ryuji's in that bear Santa suit. He's a good guy, that Ryuji. Also, the decorations in that Christmas party that they have at the school. Yeah. Really pretty. That tree Mm -hmm. is so big. Oh, yeah. You see them setting that up in the show. Yeah. That's like a big arc as well. It is. Some unfortunate events happen with the tree, but Mm -hmm. it turns out okay. So... My last one is Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions. There's a Christmas episode, and it's right after some romantic stuff happens in that show, and they're not quite feeling the romance, so they decide to throw a Christmas party, and they can't do it at school because they're not Haruhi, so... Dekamori says they can come over to their house and just do it at the Dekamori's house and they get to Dekamori's house and it's a mansion it's the yeah, most gorgeous huge. huge mansion you've ever seen in your life how does this random kid who just swings her hair around in high school and makes jokes live in this giant mansion but whatever and they play cards and Dekamori is pretty hilarious when they're playing cards together but somehow Rika has gone missing and you see her sitting on top of a banister she just completely <laughs> plowed from drinking some alcohol cake didn't do it on purpose no no no. it was like inside of a cake that she ate she didn't know it was laced in alcohol but she's just (laughs) she's just completely drunk it's really funny how she acts then yuta invites her on a cruise and they have a really cute moment together well the last one i have school rumble christmas episode oh my gosh i love school rumble oh my i love it so much i love it you show me some clips of that that was so crazy it is crazy this is a crazy episode man tenma makes a christmas present out of clay or something like that and harima has been working on a manga forever right and the manga has a girl who looks exactly like tenma in it because he's in love with her and it kind of expresses that in the manga so he finally finishes it he shows it to tenma 
and he is racing for his deadline to turn it in. Tenma's super dense. She doesn't even realize it's about her or anything. She's just like, this is a good manga. Thanks for showing this to me, Haruma. And he's like, what? Anyway, so the thing that Tenma had made, he didn't know that she made it. He sees this thing and it's kind of shaped like a half circle, kind of like a sled. You could utilize it as a sled. And the blizzard happens and he's like, oh crap, I gotta get my manga in. And so guess what he does? He uses the thing that she so lovingly made for somebody and rides it down in a snowstorm and arrives at this Christmas party and it's all broken and Tenma was gonna give it as a Christmas present to the guy that she likes. And it's just so sad. She serves the guy she likes some rice on a broken part of it and Haruma's like oh wait she made that oh no well, I love the part where he's writing it down in a blizzard <laughs> just so ridiculous that whole show is over the top it has a lot of heart it does it has so much heart it was so sad when he realizes what had happened it was a good Christmas episode he's also wearing a Santa outfit the whole time <laughs> I remember that too <laughs> oh my god it's so good he's got a Santa hat he's got the Santa outfit then he's got his sunglasses on he's always wearing so it's pretty funny. He's always trying to express his love to Tenma and something always goes wrong. I feel bad for him. But you know, speaking of people who've expressed their love to one another uh-huh. in some sort of way, let's talk about our favorite anime couples now. You are now my darling. One of my favorite couples that I'd like to start us off with, Sosuke and Kaname from Full Metal Panic. Your favorite couple. <laughs> They're my favorite anime couple. I was writing down this list and I thought of them first, obviously, because I love them. I think they were the best. I love Sosuke. I love Kaname. I love them together. They're fantastic. I feel like they really make each other better people. I think that Sosuke is always there for Kaname, always protecting her. And I think she helps teach him how to be more normal. have have more common sense like they really build off of each other and it's a really cute relationship i like their relationship a lot they make me laugh one of my favorite parts of their journey together is when she gives him a haircut it's just a really tender moment that happens in invisible victory so that's the last season there they have a lot of good moments with each other and they obviously mean a lot to each other because they definitely do a lot of things for each other I really like those two because it's very much an anime about people coming from different worlds and it really highlights that in the two of them and you can see that they don't always like each other at certain parts but you can tell that over time they grow to appreciate each other more and more. I feel like Sosuke more so than Kaname gets on Kaname's nerves because he's so in military mode that he just views everything through that lens. Oh, what? You don't think that Kaname gets on Sosuke's nerves when she decides to act completely unsafe and doesn't (laughs) blow up her locker? Yeah, when she's not thinking things through hard enough and doesn't start blowing up blockers and stuff yeah. every time she gets a note in When she it. goes up to people in person without protection. They're funny. I think it's just cute because they love each other so much, but they're also really goofy with each other. One of my favorite anime couples is, I was just talking about Chunibyo. Yuta and Rika are so cute. They are adorable. Oh that's that's I all them. I can really say about that is that they're just so cute. I think Chunibyo highlights how being yourself 
learning who you are and how people are immature but then they grow over time and you really see that a lot through utah and rika rika can be kind of helpless almost sometimes and utah helps her mature and it's really cute to see them and together. i'd say too like rika helps you to get back into being his old self again that's right without shame being embarrassed i like how he really embraces her and vice versa so i had Colonel Mustang and Risa next. They're two super cool people. Obviously, Mustang's my number one husbando. I love him. And Risa is definitely just as cool as he is. Maybe even cooler at some points. She can fight whether it's rain or not, so she does have that over him. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. (laughs) But anyway, they always have each other's back. They're always looking out for each other. She keeps him in check. He's always there for her. I love their dynamic of both being very very tender with each other at times, but also very strong with each other, very tough together. I love how they're tough on their own, and then together as a team, they help each other with their weaknesses. I like yeah, that. They I, can really I like how they're there other. for each other in thick and thin as well. She's there in the times where life is full of color, and then also is right behind him when life has lost its hue, and that's really a beautiful thing. Stop! What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she definitely does stick by his side through everything. One of my favorite parts is when they have all these secret languages with each other. Mm-hmm. When he's on the phone and everybody else thinks that he's talking to some girl, like flirting, messing around, but it's not. He's using secret codes to Teresa. And then, too, when they have to do a code for something later on, she reveals to him something very important by using, like, the first uh, word in the sentence, I think, is what they do. They've obviously, like, spent tons of time together developing all this stuff and figuring out ways to work together as a team as best that they can. No matter what circumstances are brought upon them, they never stop being teammates. I think that's great. My next one is, you know, I feel like whenever I hear people talking about Dragon Ball Z, they talk about Vegeta and Bulma, which who can blame them? Bulma is great, but I wanted to bring up some of the underappreciated Dragon Ball Z romances. Goku and Chi Chi. Goku is so dumb and eats so much, but Chi Chi just barrels along anyway. And everybody always talks about how much of a horrible dad Goku is, but Chi Chi takes care of her baby and is beautiful, and she raises her two sons, Goku and Gohan, so well. I've never seen somebody eat as much as Goku in any anime. I feel like except maybe naruto you just see him put back bowl after bowl and i gotta wonder a lot of times they don't live near a shop or anything so how does she buy so much ramen how does she buy so much food all the time how do they earn money I don't know. Maybe there's like a being a hero of the world budget. I know that. Okay. I know ramen isn't that expensive, but he puts back so much food. Yeah. Their grocery store bill must be insane. Again, ramen's not that expensive, but where does she put it all? I don't see mountains of ramen somewhere like in the cupboard or something. I don't know. I mean, they all are named after food, so I get it. And she's always getting angry at him. And I don't know. I love Chi Chi. And then also I wanted to bring up Krillin and android 18 get together and i always thought that was such a cool relationship okay look i love android 18 i think she's the coolest i've never seen somebody rock the jean vest as well as she does and she's like a rocker chick somehow krillin of all people can teach androids to love and it's lovable of course krillin in general underappreciated he's pretty cool but seeing them together and out of all things that dragon ball z android love is not what i was (laughs) expecting i think it's really cool the two of them speaking of people who can eat a lot 
Hinata and Naruto. They're so adorable. I feel like their relationship is so wholesome. True. It's, it's one of those things that you just sort of accept through the show. It's like, yeah, this is going to happen. Oh, yeah. She stalked him for long enough. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, who else would she get with? Nada loved Naruto before anyone else. Yeah, she accepted him first before anybody. She was like three years old and she saw him over there and was like, yep, that's the one. (laughs) that's the one i'm gonna love for the rest of my life but i also feel like even though it took him forever to realize it there are moments in early naruto where he would be talking to her openly that he wouldn't do to other people right during the tuning exams he was nervous about them and and he was talking to her about his fears when he never really did that with anybody so they both have always been open with each other and as they grow up i just feel like he kind of accepts that him and sakura aren't ever gonna really work out right he realizes that Hinata is best girl. So, speaking of Naruto, you know what everybody's favorite couple in Naruto, other than Naruto and... I know who you're going to say. Yeah? It's not Sakura and Sasuke, people. Surprise! It's... I got you this time. You thought I was going to say Sakura no, no, and no, no, Sasuke. No. It's Tamari and Shikamaru, right? That is one of my favorite couples in the show. I was going to bring up Minato and Kushina, who love each other so much that they created a beautiful Naruto. Save the Leaf Village. And plus, Minato is like, hey girl, let me pick you up in my arms and carry you away from these rude people. That's what he said. Yeah, I love Minato and Kushina. Every time they're on the screen, I get excited. And it's just really cool to see how much they love each other and how much they love the village and how much they love Naruto. And I really love her story of growing up and people being mean to her and her like fighting everyone. <laughs> and then Minato is just like, okay, let's be calm and relax and <laughs> fall in love. It's very cute opposites attract. It's actually kind of like Hinata and Naruto. Because Naruto is the much more brash. brash one. And then Hinata's mm-hmm. kind of like Minato who is more kind of chill. True. I mean, he obviously fights and stuff too. I mean, he's the Hokage. So does Hinata for most of the time. Yeah, she does when she needs to. And then you brought up Tamari and Chikamaru. Yes, I did. I also really love them. From like the beginning, they were always my favorite couple. I thought that they would be perfect together. They're like the OGest of all the couples. They got together first. They were so cute. I love Chikamaru because I identify with him. Same. And Tamari, she's the coolest hair. And I'd say that I was her biggest fan, but like clearly she's got that covered. <laughs> But who would have guessed, you know, there's a term in terms of aerial engineering, in terms of the wind, called drag. And who would have guessed that wind drag and the person who always says, what a drag, would would come together together over their love of drag. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have foreseen? So I have a wonderful couple next. Simone and Nia. And Nia? They are adorable. She's got beautiful flowing hair okay looks like can a we cloud. we haven't done nia and waifu of the week yet have we no nia's hair we need to talk about it yeah one day in the future nia will be when, a when we do waifu of the week nia we're going to talk about her hair i could dedicate if, like an hour if to just her somebody hair. cosplays nia and nails the hair i'll be amazed i've only seen very few people do it well they will be like, the best cosplayer that of all hair time. is 
some of the coolest stuff in anime. She comes into the anime at a time where Simone just really needs somebody in his corner. And right. she's always that from beginning to end. I think that sometimes people get so involved in a romance that they forget who they are. And I think that this is an example of a case of the opposite of that, where because Nia was there, Simone was able to find himself again when he felt lost. And right. I think that's beautiful. And you can really see the story of Goran Lagan growing and molding with the two of them. Yeah, Nia is so wonderful. I love her so much. Go watch Gurren Lagann. <laughs> we both love Gurren Lagann. Yes, them together, they're so cute. He teaches her what love is and like more about emotions because he's a very passionate person. Right. And I feel like she teaches him about She's very chill, himself. not emotional. I think she just doesn't understand emotions, but she's definitely an emotional person too. I've always liked that character, like the kind of a almost like princess that's very curious, but doesn't know very many things. Naive. I've always liked that kind of character. She can't cook, but then like <laughs> Simone eats her food anyway and he says likes that it. he loves it. He says he loves it, but I don't know. Is that true or not? Aww. I think it's true because he genuinely looks happy. He looks so happy. But to be fair, he grew up in like okay. a hole. Just just because you grew up under the ground doesn't mean that you don't know what food tastes like, fish cake. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, so did a lot of other people, and they thought her food was gross, so... So my next one is Inuyasha and Kagome. They are pretty This is one of the few ones in my list where both characters are fiery and passionate. I love that dynamic, though. Normally, in my list, the guy is chill and the girl is fiery. But for once, this one is one where Inuyasha is the ultimate male tsundere. And then (laughs) Kagome is cool. She's independent. Yeah, she's independent. She, She knows what she wants. For sure, except for when she needs a guy. And it's definitely not Inuyasha. <laughs> okay, we have not finished Inuyasha yet, but we've watched enough to I've know. seen the first episode of the new anime where they all have kids. Shh, what, you think that anime where, <laughs> where the two of them have a kid is that way because this is an alternate universe where they got together? <laughs> I'm just saying that we've watched enough, though, to know that they are obviously real, meant to be and they should be together forever. Kagome and Inuyasha, they're both so stubborn, but they make it work. Both just yell at each other for random yeah. reasons. I really like that kind of relationship. I don't Me know too. what it is. I love Sundere's together because I just love Sundere's in general. And when they're both together, it's hilarious. What's your next couple? Renten and Eureka from, I always call it Eureka 7, but it's probably Eureka 7 since she's named Eureka. I don't know. But anyway, they're very cute. Renton immediately falls in love with her when he meets her. It takes her a little bit, you know, a little bit more time. But he's always trying to impress her, always trying to make her happy. And she really comes out of her shell because of him. And I really like that. Yeah. I really like that a lot. They go through a lot together, too. And I feel like they have some genuine miscommunications or misunderstandings. And then they're able to figure them out together. And I really liked watching their relationship evolve because it starts out very much him just very infatuated with her. And I feel like it really grows into genuine love. I liked seeing that journey of the of them. I have not finished this anime, so I feel like I can't comment as much. I showed it to you, and you and were like, I just not fell super about in it. Love and just needed to watch it like later. No, that is not what happened. You were like, this anime is boring. I was a little bored, which is weird because it was good. It's just 
I wasn't about it. Yeah. I think it's just that it didn't focus enough on the girls. It's a good anime. Yeah. Go watch and, it. I mean, it's not like for Max. you. That's okay. Not everything I like, you're going to like too. Who's your next one? So my next one is Zero Two and Hero from Darling in the Franks. I love Darling in the Franks, and it's very much a romance anime a lot of the time. It's literally about Zero Two and her darling. And I think it's really beautiful. It's really cute seeing them and seeing them together. It's almost like a storybook at some points. You can see both of them have serious problems when it comes to how they feel about themselves and how they feel about their future and they're both trying to cope with that any way they know how and trying to survive any way they know how and yet by being with each other they're able to complete all those flaws. I feel like he is a very gentle and sort of understanding person mm-hmm. and I think that he puts up with a lot from her because he can see because kind of beneath the facade really that she cool. has. Who would not want to be with Zero Two? I mean let's be real She's here. pretty cool. She is cool. She's a little scary, but I like that he sees beyond that cool girl, nothing bothers me facade and is willing to put up with a lot because he knows that underneath she's a very tender soul. At least I think so. I think she's cool and nothing bothers her. Really? I think she's got a bit of a sundere attitude where she's got love in there. Weaklings die. So what? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she does say stuff like that, but (laughs) underneath that, though, is love. You know who else has got love? Who? Moya and Nagisa. Oh. From Clannad and Clannad After Story. My heart. They're so precious and beautiful. Normally when I think of anime, I think about it in different genres. And talk yeah. about an anime that hits every single genre except for action. It's got to be slice of life, comedy, tragedy, drama, everything. Romance. I think that what hits home so much about their relationship in particular is that it feels so true to life. Especially in After Story, I would say the most. Because they both are at a place where they're moving into adulthood. We're talking about an after story. Yeah, an after story where their relationship moves on to another level. You see how they interact with each other on a day-to-day basis. Things become a lot more personal. And their love just continues to grow more and more. Mm -hmm. And it's just realistic, but it's very sweet. I mean, she is there for him when he gets home from work and she's making him food. I like how they take care of each other because they both definitely have these weaknesses that they really try to help each other with in a really positive way and they really become each other's family and seek to understand each other. I love how her family really welcomes him. They're a really big part of their love story because he doesn't really have a family in the same way and it's just really beautiful to see the love that they both have for each other that's just very genuine and sweet. One of the things I really love about After Story is how it really captures how it feels to grow up to go from being with your family and celebrating that there's this scene where you see them get a new place it's not much but it's theirs they move in for the first time and it's just empty and quiet and they have each other i feel like when i move to a new place it feels like that too you don't have this family around it's just you and it's just your new place and it's quiet and empty but yet you're gonna make it your home it really captures those moments and brings meaning to them as much as i love regular high school romance and you know the goofiness that comes with our couples from 
our high school romance shows. I feel like this could have easily been just a cute little high school romance. But then in After Story, they really deepen their relationship and it shows how much they can continue to fall in love with each other, even outside of the high school relationship that they had and how much it grows from there once they reach into adulthood. My next couple is Kobayashi and Toru. I think I mentioned them before. You did. I think of them because they also kind of form this home and this family together. Kobayashi isn't expecting this world, but she ends up with a house that's just full of dragons. And she kind of has a de facto family because of these dragons are around. And it's really cute to see Toru and Kobayashi grow together and face their families and go through life with each other and see that even though life isn't always 100% great all the time they're able to face it together it's just really cool and for a comedy you don't expect that much heart and they manage to fit a lot of heart into it for being a show about dragons and comedy you know I love how she just goes from this loner programmer lady to like living in a house filled with dragons that's normal that's what all programmers go through (laughs) it's part of college oh most you get people. assigned a dragon like when you become uh, yeah. a programmer yeah makes sense anyway <laughs> i'm very excited for the next season to see where their love story goes i got another full metal alchemist one all right adam winry they are a wonderful wonderful couple winry is so cool yeah winry is honestly too cool for ed he lucked out that she even remotely has any interest in him at all i love her she's like in the op doing things with her wrench yeah being a mechanic having a wrench again (laughs) (laughs) working on stuff because she's a mechanic you know what she is a beautiful multifaceted woman and ed is ed they're another couple where both of them are very stubborn but i think that ed needs somebody who's gonna put him in check sometimes because he just thinks he knows what he's doing and he's right all the time and he just presses forward and he's just so focused on his goals sometimes that he forgets about what that could do to people around him and she really is like not nah, ed this is what's up i'm gonna tell you straight up i'm gonna be honest with you She's just good at so many things, literally helping with childbirth, making people's legs work and arms work, becoming an apprentice. She does it all. She really learns to help Ed, even though sometimes that guy has a screw loose. Multiple ones sometimes because of her. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> she she helps, but she's <laughs> the one that caused it. Yeah, that's, funny. that's like my favorite scene of the whole show. She finds the screw at home and she's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know because usually she's just so confident in everything she does and then it's like oh no it's i made so a mistake real. yeah I as, know. A, as an engineer that is so real so my next one is my and sakuto from bunny girl senpai i really like their relationship because it's one of those animes where they don't play around they get together pretty early on and when they're together you see for a majority of the anime they're just being supportive of each other and loving each other and helping each other out and my isn't there a lot of the time she has to work and she's not always able to be there for him and yet he still stays true to her and you can tell that even though she doesn't have time for him she still loves him really deeply i also like how much of a smart aleck he is and (laughs) she can send it back to him for sure i feel like his biggest problem sometimes is that he can be so obsessed with taking care of the people of his life that he can forget about how he's supposed to take care of her first and foremost he's a bit of an aragi in that way yeah speaking of which that's another one on my list aragi and senjo kahara 
I like what Adaragi and Senjigahara have. I think of them as being very different. Senjigahara and him still have this very real relationship where they don't know 100% how they feel about each other, but they go out and they try it out together, try being together, and they find that they really care about each other and they sit under the stars and they share beautiful moments. And He catches her in a staircase that she was the beginning. down from the sky. <laughs> that was a pretty good meat cute i would say yeah but she was like i'm not about this here's some stationery <laughs> at your throat <laughs> she's pretty vicious she's pretty intense i would say and aragi just kind of brushes it off when you see shinjogahara with other people it's not like that no she just has a cool exterior but when you get to the interior once again her heart is full of kind of the same thing actually distrust <laughs> pessimism <laughs> Her Which, exterior is one way, but her interior is, well, it's like... Kind of the same way. You know what? <laughs> no, no, it's not that bad. She can be a very loving person. She does a lot for Aragi, I feel like. She's very protective of him. I like it. I like girls who are fiery and tsundere. She calls herself the tsundere service, which I don't even know if it's true. If That's She's really 100% tsundere. She is very upfront with him and is like, are you looking at other girls? I mean, when she is, though... Yeah. So, I mean, her suspicions are right. I feel like Adaragi could get along better with other girls, but I feel like she's the only girl that's going to be able to reel him in, get him to act the right way. Yeah, he needs somebody to keep him in check because he's like a wild and all the time. I got another two Sundere couple. Okabe and Kirisu. Oh my god. From Steins Gate. Oh my They're god. They're so, such big tsundere's. So bad. They are. I love them so much though. I feel like Okabe has it worse than Kirisu, but Kirisu has this shy tsundere thing about yes, her. Where so when cute. she does try to connect with Okabe, she can't help but back away right afterward. You got two people who are so scientifically minded, who can understand each other on a deep level into intellectually and emotionally and when those two people come together no matter what the timeline i feel like it could work out i love them i feel like you don't necessarily expect it when you first watch especially given how oh i hoped for it from careful kirisu is around them and how weird okabe is Okay, but maybe it's just because I love Okabe. So, I mean, why wouldn't she fall in love with Okabe? Because he's so amazing and And is such a tease. He really is. He, like, refuses to call her by her real name. He makes fun of her constantly. Even if he doesn't realize it, he flirts with her all the time. I don't know if it's purposeful or not. Well, I thought it was purposeful. I don't know. I think he just likes making fun of her. Well, then maybe he's just into teasing I don't know. Not really such a tease, but like, I feel like that has a connotation. Either way, for somebody who seems to have never had a girlfriend before, he's very flirtatious. You saying Okabe's a player? No, just with Kirisu. Oh, okay. I feel like that's going to happen when you find someone who's as perfect for you as Kirisu. Y'all are just going to naturally be together. But they're both so stubborn, it's crazy. I love their stubbornness. I think it works for the two of them. They challenge each other. I think it's good when you have somebody that can challenge you. And they definitely do. In a good way. What happens over the course of the series is so heart-wrenching sometimes. And you see people make sacrifices that you can't believe that they would make but it all works out. So my next one is kind of non-traditional couple, I guess I'd say. Misa and Light from Death Note. What? Really? Yeah. You're going to bring them up? It's not exactly traditional, but in the same way that it's beautiful 
how in Steinsgate they both have a love for science. It's beautiful seeing Misa and Light both have a love for Light Yagami. For Kira. <laughs> I love the part where he hugs Misa and agrees to be her boyfriend. And then he's just like, got those evil eyes in the background. Like, ha ha I'm going to use her. Like, he's just so crazy. He does that all the time with everybody. Everybody's just a pawn in his big game. I feel like couples can all be kind of samey at the end of the day. There's only so much that can happen between two people. And Misa and Light really highlights a certain way people can be where it's not always true that both people in a couple are always 100% into the other one. And sometimes a couple doing beautiful things together isn't always such a positive thing in the world. It's not beautiful things. They're like murdering well, the world. To their perspective, it's a beautiful thing, but <laughs> to the rest of the world, it's kind of unethical. Yeah, kind of. Shady. And he definitely murderous. definitely does not view her as his intellectual match. He no. thinks she's an idiot. Honestly, Elle likes her more than Light. Oh my god. <laughs> Elle's like, oh, she's so pretty. And Light's just like, whatever, I don't care. I only am having her around because of her death note. So I got Taiga and Ryuji. I love Taiga and Ryuji. About them. They're yes, so we did. cute. They're the cutest, honestly. I love how she's so messy and crazy and wild and like brash and stubborn. And he likes to clean. <laughs> <laughs> really? You nailed that many interesting things about Taiga. And Ryuji's just, he likes to clean. But it's so hilarious when I see him cleaning when he's like doing it for fun. He looks very scary on the outside and people are kind of afraid of him, just like they're afraid of Taiga. But he's actually super nice and gentle and kind and thoughtful she needs somebody who's gonna be very gentle and kind but he's not a doormat by any means no he definitely stands up to taiga he helps her she helps him Another good thing about Ryuji and Taiga is they have this really great friendship. I think that it's just really cute how much time mm-hmm. that they spend together and how much fun things that they enjoy doing together. They have a lot of good adventures. For sure. And I feel like it's one of those cases where they didn't know up front that they would feel this way about each other. But just spending that much time together, they discovered that they needed each other more than anyone else. I love Toradora. It's definitely my top five favorite romance anime, if not my favorite. So my next one is Kirito and Asuna. I don't like Kirito that much, but Asuna... Asuna's a queen. Asuna is the coolest at all time. She deserves her own TV show. She deserves not to be shackled to this loser, Kirito, who thinks he's so cool because he got two swords and... (laughs) It's so OP. Asuna's amazing, and any couple that she is in is one of my favorite couples. Watch the cabin episode, and then later on, there's a second cabin episode that you oh, haven't seen yet. The cabin episodes are spicy. It's pretty good. They are really good. Season one is their best times to get. I want to say, I don't always love SAO, but I got to give it credit where it's due. The Crossing Fields OP, where you see their swords crossing. That was so Ugh, romantic beautiful lisa the person who made that op awesome awesome artist i feel like you can't go through the best anime couples and forget about kirito and asuna they're cool they care for each other they do something that i don't see in very many anime which is that they fight together yeah i was about to say i love how they kick butt together usually it's like one or the other kicking butt but they both do it together yeah i, I know we mentioned a few like zero two and hero or 
Android 18 and Krillin that all fight together too, or Misa and Light that fight the forces of evil together. Oh gosh, uh, if that's how you want to put it. <laughs> Inuyasha and Kagome. But just the way that they do it is, is pretty awesome. Next one I got Usui and Misaki from Maid-sama. I do not know these characters. I know you don't. I love Maid-sama. Maid-sama is so good. He's a little bit of a weirdo, I'll admit, but he's so cute. My favorite thing about them together is Misaki's this like very independent woman. She's class president of the school that they go to, and she's just very much like a strong independent woman. And Usui is super into her and loves her, and then he finds out she's a maid. She works at a maid cafe, and he like goes all the time, and she's super embarrassed by that. He's the one who knows her secret. He promises to keep it. And what I like is that he always has her back on stuff. He's always there for her. But he knows that she's a very independent person. And he knows that she doesn't like asking for help. But he'll help her with things. But he also knows when to back off. And he knows when to let her do her thing and when maybe she needs help that she's not wanting to ask for and then he'll step in. They're an interesting duo for sure. And he's really goofy and like sarcastic and I like that. And if you want your time to be a little bit more golden, you could go with Coco and Bonnery from Golden Time. Yes, they are uh, a good couple. I love them. I love Coco especially who has the coolest wardrobe in the history of time. Coco's a little crazy but her outfits are on point every time. All right, but like at the end of the day, who doesn't want a yandere that <laughs> isn't going to chop you up and like just wants to date you constantly and is obsessed with you, but also is the hottest girl you've ever met? <laughs> Fair the enough, clothes. I suppose. Yeah, she's the best dressed anime character I've ever seen in my whole life. Bonri is just this really chill kind of whatever dude, and. <laughs> Like, literally, he doesn't remember a bunch of stuff. Very forgetful. Not because he's absent-minded, but... He was literally in an accident. He's an amnesiac. And Coco's, like, down with that, and he's down with Coco being crazy. She may be crazy, but then also sometimes he gets possessed by Ghost Bonry. So, like, they both have their own things to deal with. (laughs) Ghost Bonry is so weird. Oh, my You're gonna have to watch the anime to know what we mean by that. Yeah, yeah. Golden Time is great show. You should watch it. Somebody else that we've talked about earlier, Haruhi and Kion. They're awesome. She is so like, I'm excited about everything and I want to do everything 100%. And Kion's like, ugh, I don't want to do anything. I hate everything. And yet, does he really? They he are shows such tsundere's for each other. They are. He's just like, oh, I hate this. And Haruhi's just like, yeah, I'm doing this because I'm your brigade leader. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. I love them. Oh, it's so great. I haven't been laying by your hospital bedside for days on end, sleeping in a sleeping bag because I like you. It's just because I'm your brigade leader. It's my duty. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> if he really hated doing all the activities Haruhi wanted him to do, he wouldn't actually come but he does he does hate it but it also he doesn't nah he hates it but he loves it you know they're so cute though they are they're cute they're funny they're a bunch of funny people so my next one is tamako and mochizo from tamako love story and tamako market this one it's just really cute seeing them grow up in a way seeing their story of their families being bound together and competing with each other but at the same time they're neighbors and she's always throwing the cup to him yeah i've seen that whole cup as a phone to each other through windows thing multiple places multiple types of mediums not just anime but movies and live action stuff and it's always adorable i always Mm -hmm. love it 
I don't care. I could see that in a hundred other things, and it would still be just as cute. Promise Neverland. Yeah, it's always cute. That wasn't quite as cute, <laughs> but <laughs> that was for other purposes. <laughs> but yeah, it was so cute in Tomiko love story and how they, they've they grown do it at the train station. Yeah, and how that they've been like growing up with each other and then they have to like naturally potentially decide to go different ways Mm -hmm. and what that looks like for them and what these feelings are when you've grown up with somebody for so long you don't always think of them romantically at first because you've just thought of them one way for so long and it's hard to know your true feelings she loves mochi his name's mochizo how could you go wrong the next one I have is Teresa and Tata from Tata Never Falls in Love. They're very cute. She's from another country. She is visiting Japan kind of as like a last thing to do before she takes on a new role in her country. And Tata is a very reserved guy. He likes photography. And Teresa is very outgoing, very bubbly. This is a definite opposites attract story. And I really like that because I feel like she really opens up his world and teaches him how to fall in love and how to be more open to experiencing feelings. And I love how bubbly and happy she is. And I love how he learns to share and be more open. My last one is Holo and Lawrence from Spice and Wolf. I feel like these need to be mentioned. Spice and Wolf is a romance classic. I feel like Holo and Lawrence capture this unbelievably heartwarming kind of flirting. Like when I see them talk to each other, it's so playful and yet so subtextual. It's just so fun and interesting to watch. They don't say anything outright, but yet you're following along with every little piece. Like, oh, they're falling in love. They love each other. He really cares for her and she really cares for him. And do you feel the same way? Oh, yeah. You can tell they're totally flirting. They spend so much time together. They really get to know each other. They get to know each other's weaknesses and each other's positive points. And I think that they see each other in a variety of different situations. And they're a good team. They're good at trying to help each other. And they definitely really care about each other a lot. I think, again, the thing I really like is the conversation. I feel like it really captures what it feels like to have a conversation with somebody that you love, like romantically. I feel like not all animes do that really well. A lot of animes end before you get to the playful banter part of relationship. It's just really cute. And the thing, too, with Spice and Wolf is there's not a ton of action. There's not a ton that necessarily happens. You've only seen season one. Sure, but like... A lot of it is carried by the two of them together and their relationship. So I feel like they have to have an interesting relationship for the show to even work. And that's what I always liked about the show because I really don't care about economics at all. (laughs) But I care about (laughs) Hello and economics. My last one that I have is Isaac and Miria from oh Bacchano. They are crazy. Oh my God. They're crazy. I love them. They're so passionate and wild. I've never seen a couple who they're both so dramatic and they're both so artistic and goofy. They have such big hearts and they rob people all the time. <laughs> but they're so, I don't know. If Isaac and Miria showed up to my house and wanted to rob me, I'd be like, sure, take it. Take everything. Go for it. Just take whatever I have because they're so charming and enthusiastic. Like, how could I say no? You can't say no to them. They're just two peas in a pod. I have never seen a couple that is just so totally alike and meant for each other in in Mm. the way that Miri and Isaac are because they're both so offbeat. Like, you have to have somebody else equally offbeat if you're that kind of person to make it really work. And they do. They make it work. 
they rob people together. They're living their best lives, honestly, I think. I love them. I love how the anime ends with them. Yeah, like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, they're funny. They're such goofballs. I feel like that show has so much going on, and it's not always funny, but they're definitely the comic relief to the show. They're necessary. Without them, I would have been definitely very sad. So now that we've finished talking about some good anime couples, let's talk about our waifu of the week, Chizuru from Rent-A-Girlfriend. Hi there, I'm Chizuru. Kazuya and I have been dating for a little while now. <laughs> yes, look upon your friend in amazement as you see the most beautiful and amazing waifu saying that she's his girlfriend. I would be awestruck too, honestly. They really do a great job of capturing how amazing Chizuru is and selfless and beautiful. Normally I kind of roll my eyes when somebody in anime or like in a movie walks around and everybody around's like, oh my god, she's so pretty. She's so cool. Why is she with him? But honestly, in this case, when everybody would be like, wow, she's so beautiful. Do you see her walking down the street? Mm-hmm. She's with that guy? I was like, yep, makes sense. So true. I think it's very obvious that she's best girl of the whole Rent a Girl anime, which I can say now that we finished it yeah i still worry a little bit that she has too much of that mary sue energy going on i love her but also i really like ruka i really like the new girl sumi you're looking at me like i'm crazy you Su- are you know what? crazy sue me. Sue me. <laughs> i knew you would say that i knew you would make a joke like that Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Chizuru. She is able to do both such sweet and kindness so well, and also Sundere so well. She's very multifaceted. We were talking about how much we love Coco's wardrobe from Golden Time. Chizuru has a rockin' wardrobe. They don't just have her in her normal outfit. They have her in all sorts of stuff, and the way she dresses is so cool. I really like how sassy she is, too. She doesn't take crap from anybody. Literally, Kazuya is rude to her in the beginning and she doesn't take that from him even though she's supposed to be a renter girlfriend she's like no 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 you are not going to treat me like this i love how honest she is in terms of her yes. girlfriendness she meets you she says pay me up front she will show you a good time by like holding your hand and stuff and then she's out the door she knows her boundaries she knows her money she is willing to help out when needed but then she tries to confirm with you that their boundaries are still there and she is just a rental girlfriend and even when she finds out he's a really nice guy and he's just doing this rental girlfriend thing for legitimate reasons she still wants to support him and wants to see him succeed i just like how professional she is always asking for money up front and such and also if you don't mind what it's better for both of us if we don't have to exchange the money later a receipt well let's get going are you ready (laughs) i love how she's just like money please and then she's like okay let's go it's agency policy (laughs) (laughs) tell him girl you see her up front and she's so beautiful and perfect and gorgeous and lovable and everything and then you get the back of the aquarium with her and she's just like listen here punk (laughs) no girl wants to hang out with a loser huh (laughs) (laughs) yeah she's very salty and sweet at the same time you know yeah but that just makes you love her even more it really does i'm a girlfriend duh (laughs) (laughs) she's definitely a complicated woman but then also she's sweet and cool and well what else would i do i'm your girlfriend yeah you can tell the difference even just in her tone when she's in regular (laughs) her mode and then girlfriend mode yeah let's hear that again i'm a girlfriend well what else would i do I'm your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's really funny but at the same time it's like when you get down to it and they are in a really big conflict together and they don't know what to say kazi is really down on himself it feels like she's the wisest person on earth the kind of advice that she gives him is amazing i think there are a lot of times that you see how much she actually does really care about kazuya because she's really wants to help him and she really wants him to find somebody who loves him because i think she really sees that he's a good person and that she deep wants... down yeah like at the core of his being the top five things that you like about shijiru i like her outfits her style i love her brashness i feel like that's her truest self is her not letting people walk all over her her being very upfront with what things are i like how professional she is she is really good at her job it's very important to her and i think that that's good to be a professional i like how caring she is even though like i said she is very professional and it is a job i do think that she really seems to care about all of her customers that she goes out on dates with i think she genuinely feels compassion for these people and she wants to make sure that they have a good time and that they feel cared about and i think that that's why she's so heavily requested because they feel that she cares because she genuinely does and i really love how sassy she can be yeah (laughs) she's very sassy and she stands up for what she believes in like in that scene where mommy was saying embarrassing things about Tazia and her's relationship in the beginning of the series and Shizuru got really angry and said that she shouldn't be saying those things in front of other people and I just really like that about her. I like how she's sassy and like uses her sass to like kind of joke around sometimes. She also uses it to stand up for what she believes in and I appreciate that. So my top five favorite things. I love how beautiful she is. Her design is so cool. I like her wardrobe. I think you mentioned that. I gotta mention it again. Her outfits are popping. She nails it every time. And then I love how she knows what to say to people who kind of feel lost. She can be brash to people. She can be harsh with people. But like at the end of the day, it's what they need to hear. If Kazi is being a jerk, she knows what to say to remind him, hey, you can't act this way. I'm just trying to do my job and like again like you said how caring she is i feel like you can see by how she really cares about his grandma that when she sees somebody that she thinks is a good person she really cares about them and wants to see the best for them is willing to do anything to support that and i really appreciate that like how even a small moment with somebody she barely knows she can grow to really care about that person i think that's really cool for her very empathetic kind of person and i feel like she's a very special kind of person she's very mature very wise very motivated and that's really my favorite thing about her is all these other people are just trying to have fun and be in college and date and she's out here trying her best to make it along she's going to college just like everybody else but she's also trying to become an actress she's working her job to get money to help fund that and she's the same age as all these other people who are just sort of living their lives and bumbling about but she's definitely ambitious too she's ambitious and mature she's able to do what has to be done to get what she wants and she knows what she wants i really respect that about her above everything is that she knows what she wants and she's going after it she's going in and she's trying her best to get ahead but i guess we'll see i guess we'll see if it works out yeah and hopefully season two of rent a girlfriend i bet it'll happen i mean if uzuki chan can get a season two then surely rent a girlfriend can right surely i would hope so let's not jinx it we'll see so now that we're done with our waifu of the week we're going to be talking about some anime we've been watching recently 
Please don't think too badly of them. They're terribly unpleasant people, but what can you do? In this part, we're going to be talking about spoilers for the actual episodes we watched. So if you're worried about that, check the show notes and you can skip to the time for the specific parts you want to listen to. All right. So what's the first one we're going to get into? Seraph of the End. In October, we were trying to watch a ton of scary anime and Seraph of the End was one of those and we finished it. Yeah, that ended on a major cliffhanger. I was so annoyed. Now that we finished it, I really liked that anime up until the end. I was like, I really liked it too. It was really good. I was ready to start evangelizing for Seraph at the end, being like, Whoa, you gotta check out that vampire rain show. Like, it's the coolest thing ever. It's got the coolest outfits. That first episode blew my mind, but it kept being really awesome. But then eventually, the story isn't going anywhere and it's confusing. And like, why is this happening? Yeah, but they for real, for real, were experimenting on people. And that was pretty crazy to learn all of that. And then, girl just started being evil Gurren at the very end so that was pretty whack too I was just so hype and ready and then it ended on a big cliffhanger with Gurren being evil people fighting it was just so good and then it didn't end with anything it didn't have this big cool moment at the end that wraps everything up it was halfway through there needs to be a new season of it that gives us closure on all that and that it'll be one of my favorite anime series and I don't mind some cliffhanger not every single little detail of the show needs to be wrapped up perfectly for me to enjoy it but this was just left wide open basically in the middle of a fight hopefully there will be another season I guess we'll see but overall I do think I still really liked it even though I was disappointed oh me too I would highly recommend Seraph of the End. It's it's one of my favorite anime. It's just it didn't end very well. It didn't wrap everything up perfectly. But what it did show was full of heart. I really enjoyed it. The characters were all really cool. They all had a lot of depth. The story was really interesting. It felt meaningful. I'm all about that. So another thing we watched for our Halloween-y time, for spooky anime time, was Elfin Lead. How'd you feel about Elfin Lead? I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't my favorite either. For me, for being such like a campy kind of anime, I loved it. It's probably my favorite spooky anime. For real? Yeah. Over when they cry? Yeah, probably. I love when they cry, but I don't know. That first episode where she like comes out and she's like killing everything. That was crazy. That was so awesome. And then you slowly learn about her powers and you are constantly afraid that she's going to do something. It was so emotional with that dude and his daughter, the scientist and his daughter. I think I literally cried during that part where he meets his real daughter, who's what Lucy is, and you learn that they have to kill their children if they're born, what the species is. I forget the exact name of it, but basically he instructed another one of his coworkers to have to kill his child, and then he just couldn't bring himself to kill his real child, his child, once he had one. That was their species, but then he kind of adopts that other girl as his mm-hmm. daughter and and that relationship is so beautiful like i know that's not a huge part of the whole anime but it was really sad there's a lot of emotion to that okay admittedly it did annoy me the romance in that show Ugh, oh my god which is a lot of the show so i get why you wouldn't like it it annoyed the heck out of me it didn't hit with me but you can really sense how much they care about each other the moments where they're eating together or they're spending time together the warmth that brings in such a dire situation 
those moments do hit really well. I did really like the reveal that he met Lucy when they were kids. Oh yeah, that was crazy. My mind was like blown. Yeah, well, actually, I didn't I see did that coming. It. Really? I didn't see Don't that. Don't you coming. remember that I predicted? I was like episode one. I was like, oh, he's the one that killed his sister. Well, I figured that she was the one who killed his sister, but I thought it would be like she was collateral. Oh, me too. In a sort I did, of. I did not expect their relationship. Right. I expected maybe it was an accident. She didn't mean to. That was actually really painful knowing that she was going to be the one that killed his sister being like, oh no, they're getting close and then she's going to turn on him. He shouldn't have said that he went along to the festival. He should have said that he was going with his family with his sister and his cousin. Yeah, he literally could have said, I'm going with my sister and my cousin. And she would have been like, oh. Oh, okay. It's just the fact that he lied to her. Why do you have to lie? Wait, you're going with a girl? (laughs) Boom, boom. All dead. She needed to chill, but also he didn't have to lie. And he didn't have to, like, beat up his sister in front of her, basically. (laughs) She suddenly started being really upset towards his sister. And then she misunderstood. Do you think at the very end it was her? Of course it was her. Which version do you think it was? It was Mew. Really? You think so? Yeah, because they worked on the clock together when Mew was there, and then the clock started ticking right when she came. You're right. Very observant. What else we got? Our last spooky anime is School Live. We're still not finished with it, but we've watched episodes one through seven. First of all, do you want to tell the story of how we started watching it? Yes. So I remembered putting it on my list and I vaguely remembered putting it there because I thought it was like a Halloween anime or something. But then I thought maybe I mixed it up with something else. So I did not want to watch it for Halloween, but you kept insisting we watch it. I was like, no, this looks like just some Moe show. I don't want to watch a Moe show. I want to watch Halloween shows and you were like no no we should watch it and for the first 20 minutes of school life i'm like seriously are you kidding this is a moe show unless something crazy happens i don't want to keep watching it and i said well let's just watch the first episode and if it's still moe by the end of the first episode not scary then we can not watch the rest yeah we watched the first episode and somehow you managed to look away every time there was a zombie (laughs) on the screen it was really funny. In the you background. Were like looking at your phone. You just completely missed that fact. We're still 100% believing <laughs> up until the big reveal. At the very end. That was awesome, by the way. They did a great job. Yeah. Where she's talking to that girl and it's just her necklace on the ground and there's blood everywhere. That show is a trip. That show's crazy. I actually really like it, but I felt like I just I needed a break from it. But well, we'll finish it. And I called it from the beginning that her teacher was not real. Yeah, that was crazy. Her teacher I, like, there. I joked about somebody not being real and then you were like, oh, I bet the teacher's not real. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And then the OP changed to show a picture of the teacher's grave. Yeah. And I'm like, what yeah because the teacher be dead she's not around oh my god i wonder if the op's ever gonna change again who knows that's been a really good show so far i like seeing how they all got together i like seeing how they're tiptoeing around the main characters insanity i really don't understand how she doesn't sabotage them when they're going to zombie stuff how can they trust her yeah i don't know either how they are like okay with her going off by herself or going with them and being loud. Yeah, because she is so loud. Like, how are the zombies not, like, Yo, always trying to attack them? At, at least the zombies are super slow. They really are. It's really cool seeing them kick butt. I mean, it's a sad situation, but it's pretty cool. And seeing how they've managed to survive this long together. 
So we also recently finished Rent a Girlfriend very recently. It was really good. It was really good. I'm disappointed. Kazuya's confession. Oh was come on! Taken it, back. It's been twelve episodes. <laughs> they haven't even introduced the harem. Fully, so in my I opinion. wanted him. He was like, "I want you," and she was like, "What?" And he's like, "You know, as a runner girlfriend." How <laughs> dare they interrupt the confession with the credits? That was so rude. I was like, "There better be more after this, or I'm gonna be so angry." How confusing is that? That the anime that was ends so confusing, and he said that, and it was so powerful. And then it continues on after the ending, and there's more, and it makes it worse. They knew what they were doing. They knew it because they know that romance animes always end on cliffhanger confessions half the time. So they knew what they were up to. But I definitely think Chizuru's fallen for him when she was talking to mommy about insisting that she try to give him another chance i think that was because she wants him to be happy and she was thinking about all the times where he was sad and she doesn't want him to be sad because she loves him oh i think that everything she said was actually things that she wished that somebody would say to her i think that she was kind of talking to herself like you should see that kazi is the perfect guy or that he could make you happy forever yeah i think so too I think it's just stuff that she has been pressing down in herself for so long. And then she finally said it out loud, but not to herself. She said it to mommy. I honestly thought there would be more of a showdown between her and mommy. I was hoping for that. You were ready for a fight. I know. I was like, you punch her in the face, Cheezer. <laughs> you literally said that. I did. You get, you get so excited when we watch romance. I do. You just want people to like <laughs> show down. I don't know what it is about romance. I get so into it. I mean, shonen is probably my favorite genre and I get really into shonen. But for some reason in romance, I'm just rooting for them and I get frustrated when they don't get together or something doesn't happen the way I want it to. But, you know, a little bit sad that it ended on kind of a cliffhanger, but I'm confident that this will get a season two hopeful but also pretty confident i feel like it was pretty popular so there's no reason it it wouldn't overall i really enjoyed this show i thought it was really good i'm glad we watched it it was hard to have to wait week to week for the episodes to come out so speaking of shows that get me heated let me talk to you about tower of god which i watched by myself you finished tower of god i finished tower of god and tower of god's about this dude bomb who's in love with this girl rachel and rachel wants to climb the tower of god because apparently the tower of god you can see the stars the real stars because apparently in the world they live in they just see fake stars i guess anyway you have to go through a lot of trials and tests to be able to even climb the tower during this time he meets a dude named coon who's very suspicious of everybody and very skeptical he's been cast out of his family in the first part of the anime they're forced to make teams and he teams up with coon and he teams up with this giant crocodile dude named rock and rock calls them turtles and i think it's hilarious he calls bomb black turtle because he has black hair and then he calls coon blue turtle because he has blue hair they meet a lot of other people trying to climb the tower and he kind of makes friends along the way bomb is very pure and kind and sweet and all he wants to do is find rachel and love her forever well Rachel is a lion backstabbing lady and I do not like her and I'm very upset and at the end of the first season of Tower of God which there's only one so far there better be more at the end of the show Rachel gets stabbed and 
it's revealed that that was all part of her little plan because she wants to be a star, I guess. She wants to see the stars, but she literally wants to be a star. Like, she wants to be special. As you do. She wants to be special. She wants to be loved. Because it's not good enough that Bomb loves her and Bomb thinks she's special. Oh, of course not. So, she fakes being hurt. She fakes being unable to walk. And Bomb is like... I want to be made a guardian of the tower so that I change the rules of the tower so that Rachel can climb up because they said that she couldn't continue because she got hurt. Later on, there's this test. All of the people in the test have to fight to protect Rachel and Bomb. And they'll all pass the test and get to climb the tower if they protect the two of them. They're in this bubble and it looks like water. And he's saying nice things to Rachel, like how much he loves her, all this stuff. And he grabs her hand. And she flips him over and pushes him out of the bubble. And he falls out of the bubble into the water. And there's this giant fish stuff around that's going to eat him. And you just see him falling and falling as the credits start rolling in the second to last episode. And I'm like, what is happening? Top number one anime betrayal. It it was so rude. And then in the last episode, everybody finds out that Bomb's not there. And everyone's really upset. And they're like, where's Bomb? What the heck? Where's Bomb? Because they all love Bomb. And he ain't there. And Coon's really mad. The suspicious man and he's talking to Rachel and he's like you have no idea how much he loved you and she's like yes I do he's like no you wouldn't because you wouldn't be here if you did I'm like oh snap tell her tell her coon tell her and poor crocodile man just starts sobbing he's all upset because black turtle's gone then there's a part where you see Rachel just thinking about her life in her room and you see all of her plans that led up to this showing how sneaky sneak she is and she's just looking out the window and laughing oh my god and I'm like you're crazy you're a crazy evil laugher (laughs) and she just like pretends that she's still in a wheelchair and still hurt and whatever but she stood up to push him out right yeah she stood up to push him out she's lying and when she was by the window she was standing and she was laughing so she's faking it she's a faker and at the very end you see somebody talking to bomb about getting stronger and climbing the tower so all of the group moves on to climb the tower and he's somewhere else he's okay and immediately he's like where's rachel and they're like uh don't you remember she pushed you out of the bubble <laughs> like the person who found him i don't know if we'll get a second season or not i think people liked that anime i remember it being fairly popular when it came out i hope we get another season but mostly i'm just mad at rachel and from the comments that i've read on verve so is everyone else as they should be and i feel like i'm not going to get any closure for a while but you know i enjoyed it i mean it wasn't my favorite i think i only gave it like a six i like some of the characters i think coon was my favorite i like suspicious characters i like smart ones too he's very intelligent i think you also finished run with the wind last episode kind of just ends with them placing in the Ekiden, which they didn't even think that they would do. Like, they were hoping that they would, but they thought that getting to the Ekiden in general was such a pipe dream anyway, so it was really cool to see them place, and it was really cool at the very end to see everybody together. We never do find out which twin Hana liked, which I was frustrated by. Yeah, we never do find out which one. It ends and the twins are graduating and you see everybody at various points in their life because it goes forward in time and the house that they all stayed at is being demolished, I think, because it was pretty old. 
and they're kind of saying goodbye to it and you catch up with everybody so it was really heartwarming it was a fitting end to the show seeing the culmination of their training that's really what i think is the best part of a sports anime is seeing their training all come together and seeing how well they do and getting to see the benefits of it whenever it ends in something that's very satisfying i enjoy it and that's how run with the wind was it was very satisfying to see it end it seemed like you really liked that anime all the way through and i'm glad to hear that it ended well yeah i've been trying to watch more sports anime lately and that was definitely a good one speaking of which free yes you want me to talk about free oh free. goodness yeah i watched free which is kyoto animations it has a bunch of my favorite voice actors in it pretty much everybody in there is a good voice actor my favorite character is ray mm-hmm. and i was so upset about how the first season ended because there's all this drama with the other guys and reen who is this bad boy kind of dude who is kind of mean and wants to go to the olympics and he's at this other school now and they all were on the swim team in middle school and he was so into their team and then he didn't do well when he went to a different country to train he's all upset about it still and he's got a chip on his shoulder well they entered into the relay race and guess what ray didn't get to go to the relay race because ray isn't a part of their original little middle school group because they wanted to solve their problem with reen so reen raced with the three of them what yeah all four of them raced together like middle school to sort of oh my god get their relationship back together and they're all hugging at the end and they're all happy and i was like great but ray my dude literally didn't know how to swim at the beginning of this anime and has made it so far and you guys got disqualified because he's not on your swim team he's from a whole different school i was pretty annoyed by that i'm like really my favorite one doesn't get to participate after working so hard i'm sure he'll get to participate in season two they're all fine with reen now in season two which i'm kind of glad about because i was annoyed at all the drama between them and reen gets to be captain of the swim team now at his high school which i think is pretty cool he was so not about it but i'm excited for less maybe reen drama and more of my dude ray so we'll see how that goes so we also watched the first episode of the day i became a god i like what they've done so far they've really shown his disbelief that she can do anything they've shown funny scenes where she does do something godly or she doesn't do something godly but she's so self-assured and self-confident it's really funny to watch it was so goofy (laughs) she didn't know the rules of baseball at the end of the episode oh yeah guarantees that right after the third strike he would hit a home run and then he got third strike (laughs) and he got out i felt so bad for him when he confessed his love to that girl that he's been friends with forever and she just got up and left (laughs) no get better at baseball so rude I also watched the first episode of season three of Golden Kamui. Ooh. I was so excited. I didn't even realize that the dub had come out for it. And then I just kind of saw it on up-to-date dubs section. And so I watched it and it was so good. Sugimoto's still looking for Sherpa and they haven't been reunited yet, but he's trying really hard to find her. And there's another cute girl that they found in the woods that's from her same tribe. It's the same that she is. And it was so good. I just want a Sherpa to be reunited with Sugimoto and I can't wait till that happens and I hope it's not the whole season I have to wait for that to happen I can't wait to watch more 
you also watched Millionaire Detective, right? I Episodes did. Episodes five through six. How are those? Crazy. We're starting to find out that there are things that Kambe can't just do. He would ask for some information on something and they'd be like, you don't have the privilege for that or you are not allowed access to that information. And I don't think he's ever really been told that before. And he was confused. And there's a, a woman that was doing some shady things and there was an explosion when Kambe was doing some business deals with this one guy. And in the episode after that, they try to interrogate this woman and Haru's boss tries to do it in kind of a shady way where he tries to talk to her outside of the interrogation room and blackmail her a little bit which we don't fully know what he was exactly blackmailing her with yet but anyway somebody was controlling her car to drive super over the speed limit so that they could have a reason to take her in and interrogate her and it seemed like it was Kambe doing this she gets into a car with her lawyer and she's like something's not right here we need to get out now and the car locks and it explodes and they both die instantly. Whoa. Yeah, that was the last episode how that ended that I've watched. And I was like, holy cow, what just happened? And then Haru's boss, the older guy on, on their team, goes up to the roof somewhere of the building and is like, it was you, wasn't it? And it's just Kambe standing there. <laughs> and I'm like, did Kambe murder this lady oh my her gosh. lawyer? It just cuts from there. And I'm like, whoa, this just got real. This yeah, is crazy. Either there's like another person with a lot of power out there. Or maybe he's a bad guy. Or it could be that he faked her death somehow and actually she's still alive. I think there's somebody else with a lot of power out there. Because the girl that's in his family that has some control over this too he asked her have you ever heard this message before the one you don't have access granted to that and she said yeah but it hasn't happened to her often and so i think he's just trying to figure out who is limiting his access to this information i think it's people in his family mm -hmm. i think we're gonna find out more about his family because it sounds like some of the shady stuff was coming from his family's industry but kambe doesn't really seem to know about that stuff so i think there's some shady dealings going on that he's being left out of and we still don't really know why he decided to join that particular part of the police force like that particular division that still hasn't really right. been revealed yet so i'm excited to see what goes on next if kambe is actually shady i really want to know because i really like him a lot and i really hope he's not secretly evil i don't think he is but we'll see you also watch gto I did watch GTO. You finished it. I finished it. Man, that show was getting more wholesome and then it just went back to its old ways again. It was still pretty funny. I mean, what can I say? Onizuka was being his same old teacher self. There's just more and more shenanigans happening. More and more times where I really thought he was going to get fired as a teacher. The end is insane, okay? We find out that one of the girls that used to be in the class got pregnant by their last teacher and she killed herself because he was pressured apparently to like not be with her I guess I don't know but anyway she killed herself because she thought that he wouldn't stay with her after getting pregnant and one of the girls in the class was her best friend and she finds this guy and tries to murder him and Onizuka in his last show of how far he'll go to take care of these kids says he was the one who tried to kill this guy and so they try to arrest him and he's like wait I want to go to prison and he flees to America and he becomes a teacher in America and that's how it is like the very last you see him in a classroom that looks very American he's like I'm Mr. Onizuka and it's like a very delinquent looking class. So it's just him starting all over again, just in a different place. So I don't know how he'll never be caught for murder out there. 
Oh my or, gosh. like, if this dude will say, nah, it wasn't him who actually tried to kill me. There's still confusion on whether or not he even was stabbed by that girl. It looked like he took the knife from her. It almost looked like he tried to stab himself. This got really weird and dark for a comedy anime. <laughs> it bothered me, too, because there's another female character who comes in that's, like, a hot nurse. And he just totally seems to forget about Mrs. Fuyutsuki. I thought you guys had a thing with each other and you just don't care about her at all now. Because this other hot lady comes in and even his friends, like, you're gonna lose out on her if you keep paying attention to that other person. They never do get together or anything like that. He just flees to America. <laughs> it was bizarre. I don't know, man. I still liked it. I don't necessarily know if I would recommend it. I think I gave it a 7 out of 10, but I still don't know if I would just recommend it to just anybody because it's just weird. Oh, well. It was worth watching, I guess. We watched episode 15 of Fruits Basket Season 2. That one was crazy. It was really nice of Shigure to go as Toru's parent at a parent-teacher's conference, and the way that he was talking to the teacher was really weird. Yeah, it was. I mean, they have a history with each other. It's nice of him to go as Toru's guardian, but mm -hmm. he's a little wild. He's a little crazy. Yeah, I don't know if I trust him 100%. I don't not. at all. But typically, I've dogs said. are loyal, so you would think that he would be loyal to somebody. Yeah, right? who is he loyal to himself? That's a real question. Maybe he's a lone wolf. Maybe. And then we meet Yuki's mom, who's super mean. But then mm -hmm. his brother comes in and saves the whole day. I love him. Yuki is so mean to his brother. Yuki's brother's lit. Yeah, he's He's great. a little weird, but he cares. Yeah, in his he own care. weird Yuki's brother way. Overall, I thought it was a pretty decent episode. I mean, I don't think anything crazy happened. It was nice getting to understand their families on a deeper level, I think. I feel like we get to understand Yuki a bit more. I'm a little bit over some of the Yuki episodes. I feel like I was all about him in season one. Yeah. But season two, I'm just like, ugh, okay, where's Kyo? I don't, yeah. I don't know when I like flipped and became such a Kyo. But I, I still fan. hate Kyo. I know that they're probably going to get together in the end, but like, I still don't like Kyo. I was actually going to bring that up, that this episode was good because Kyo wasn't in it. <gasps> Rude. I don't know. I kind of missed that he wasn't there, honestly. So we also watched episodes five through eight of Uzuki-chan Wants to Hang Out. That's been fun. I love their relationship. Yeah, I love their relationship. It's really cute. I think it's been growing. You can see that now he wants her around. With the fireworks episode we just watched, that was a very big, I think, turning point for their relationship because... He admits that he was annoyed with her at first, but now that they do things together, he really looks forward to that, and it was made better because she was there. And I thought that was a really big thing for him to say. Yeah, we see him want to hang out with her when he wants to go to the cat cafe. You see her want to hang out with him for her birthday, and then throw up on his bed. <laughs> <laughs> And you see how goofy that becomes. But then she feels really guilty. And you see that it's not just her pestering him all the time. She really cares and wants things to work out between her and him. Yeah. And she cares about what he thinks about her. And it bothers her. And then he makes it better, you know? It was so cute seeing his earnestness at the cat cafe. Because <laughs> usually he's such a, leave me alone, go away, don't bother he me. He seems like a tough guy. Yeah. But at the cat cafe, he's like, oh my god, I want to pet it. And he had a bunch of cats on him. That was pretty funny. I've been really enjoying seeing their relationship evolve. Yeah, Uzuki-chan, I did not have very many expectations, but I started to really like it. I love how his friend was on the boat, and he was just, like, on this boat by himself. He's like, oh... I love being on this boat alone. And then he's like, wait a minute. I feel like something is happening without me. And then he tries to <laughs> he jump, tries off, to the jump off the boat in the middle of the ocean. He calls that one worker. Yeah, and she she's hangs like, up. you should have been here. Because she just hangs up on him. <laughs> hangs up on him. <laughs> 
That was so funny. Mm -hmm. That show is ridiculous, but it's very heartwarming as well. So we also watched my team romantic comedy Snafu Climax episodes 7 through 8. And honestly, I'm still a little bored by it. Like I don't know, man. They're just like talking about prom still. Like We don't really have too much to say. Me and you aren't as much into the school planning parts. We're more into the romance. <laughs> Kiki's rap, though, was yeah, the, the best rap. part of the whole that season. Was great. That the was last awesome. two seasons, I would and say. And just in general, whenever he talks to the guy who moves his hand around a lot, that's great. <laughs> he talks about synergy and all those. That's like, fun. That was hilarious. It came out of nowhere, though. I'm like, Kiki, why are you rapping out of nowhere? But I loved it. It was hilarious. Yeah, other than that, they just keep talking about prom, and I'm just so tired of prom. Like, just, <laughs> just pick a prom or not. It feels like it should have been a few episodes and not the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, we only have, like, four episodes left. I guess that's going to be dedicated to setting up the prom. I guess. And they keep making it seem deeper about relationships than what it is, and they talk about being codependent on each other. And I'm like, they're just friends. Why are you making this deeper than what it is? Why are you making it such a big thing? It's just weird. I don't know. It's not that deep, man. It's a good show. Yeah. I guess. It's just that we don't The characters are really good and the plots are really good. We're ready for the climax. I'm ready for prom. So, last but not least. Attack on Titan Season 1! Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so good. It's hype. So good. We've been waiting for so long to watch this, and we finally watched it. And normally we would watch so many episodes. We normally don't come into this watching 26 episodes or however many. You just can't but stop with Attack on Titan. How could you stop watching Attack on Titan? You literally can't. It's too good. It was I incredible. I was so terrified. I know I talked about this last podcast, how I said I was really scared to watch Attack on Titan, but I've always wanted to. And I became brave, and I've had to watch it with my eyes closed some of For the time. For your fingertips, baby. Yeah, like when Aaron's mom got ate by oh, the Titan. No. That was so scary. But it's been great. We both kind of knew some of the spoilers, like how they were going to come back as Titans or something. Well, I kind of knew. Oh, I, I kind of tried to convince you that Aaron was dead, though. Did you get convinced? No, I was like, this is a shonen. He's Dang never it. dead. And I've seen him, I'm pretty sure, in other seasons. I was actually so, so. confident about it. I've seen enough stuff here and there of Attack on Titan where I know he's around later on. He can't be dead. I am somebody who whenever I hear girls fall in love with the character I kind of roll my eyes but Levi oh my god Levi's so awesome I'm in love with Levi like I get why people love him I put him on my husbando's list I have yet to rank him and I thought I was gonna love Mikasa the same way but I feel like she's so serious and she's cool and can do cool stuff but that's all she's got then she has that Naruto kind of obsession where she's like Sasuke where are you but Aaron (laughs) yeah but with Aaron that's how I think of her the girls in that show are cool she is awesome she can kick butt any I day agree. of the week but she isn't my favorite part about that show for sure armin actually for me is like a dark horse i wasn't sure how i'd feel about him but again i always like the smart characters but he's such a multifaceted character i feel like we're gonna see so much more from him i really like him i'm a little afraid though that he might grow a little cold sure and a little evil potentially i'm not worried about that i think he's gonna be great i think that maybe other people in the military might grow cold and evil but not him i think that the main three are gonna be safe i think levi will be safe levi is so wise he just says so many 
like, I don't wise think he's necessarily he's wise, it. but he's experienced. Okay, maybe that's fair. I just feel like every time you think he's going to be angry, he's not. The reason I like Levi as a character is that he's so strong, and he reminds me of a shonen protagonist that's been through it all and sees that you need to go with the flow on some things and have a team and be part of the government or whatever. You can't just do other things all on your own. But at the same time, he still believes what he believed when he was a kid in terms of personal responsibility and individuality. So it's like he has both sides of you can be strong by yourself. Sometimes you got to save the day. And other right. times you can rely on your team. Like that one part where Aaron was contemplating turning into a Titan. And I thought he would be mad at him. Like, Aaron, don't you do that. Mm-hmm. But he was like, Aaron, do what you think you should do. Go with your gut. Yeah, that was my favorite part of the show. I like that too. I like how it backfired. Oh, that was awful. I thought this would be the kind of shonen where like, yeah, people die, but they're like whatever people. This show is so brutal. I can't believe their entire team just was killed. That was terrifying. I did not expect that. This show really ain't pulling any punches. And I liked too how Levi treated the guy who went back for his friend's body and he gave him that piece of cloth yeah that was like such a cool moment it was because levi always seems very cool and calm like that whole team aaron was really upset about but that whole team has been with levi for a long time you know he's upset about it but he's not showing it and the world they live in is just so cruel like you have to just keep moving on like armin when he had the idea to shove everybody's bodies off the carts like that to stop the titans from coming such a cool idea that was such a good idea but it was horrific like, imagine your dead friends and you're shoving them yeah. off a cart. That's what, That's what you, you got to do. In the world as cruel as there, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. I like that about it, though. I feel like you have to be realistic. You can't always just go with your feelings. But then it also shows moments of feeling with Levi. It shows that they're not in a world where people have to deal with the consequences of those actions. But at the same time, you got to take those actions sometime. Like, they died for a reason. They died because they didn't play it safe enough. And in this case, you gotta play it safe and push bodies off the cart. And I was proud of myself for guessing that Annie was that Titan. Yeah, you did a great job Yeah, I was like, that's Annie. I kept doubting you to the very end, and I didn't realize that her hair was that short and that it was up in a ponytail to take you away from the idea that it could be her because their hairstyles are so different i thought for sure it was not going to be her and you totally called it it's crazy though at the end how she turned into like a different kind of person and was talking differently that was crazy she turned like crazy like what is this oh i'm so excited to see what's going to happen with all that yeah that was crazy i can't although she's kind of just in ice now for something in crystal She's in crystal. Also, Titans can apparently just become crystal. They were, like, combining for a sec. It, it was really weird. Well, and what else is interesting is where did she get that from? How can she be a Titan? Because it seemed like Aaron's dad was I the only one who had that happened to her, too. So you think that maybe another scientist who worked with Aaron's dad? Or Aaron's dad did. Maybe. Well, we saw her, like, hugging somebody who I would assume is her father or, like, a mm-hmm. relative. Somebody raised her. But I don't understand her motivation behind all this. Like, I still don't get what she was doing. But, whoa, when Aaron got really mad and started screaming and attacking, that was awesome. I'm a little afraid for Aaron, though, because he's like, I'm going to kill every Titan, every last one of them. And I'm like, okay. I just want to call out, though, the one that's a scientist. I forget her name. I love her. We love her. She's She's... great. She reminds us of the, the engineer in My Hero. super passionate she's crazy in attack on titan oh my word she's straight up crazy about titans she's so fun she's mvp Um, she's brave too 
yeah for she gets real. right up in for there real, with, with people i'm like whoa that's awesome so to end this off let's do a prediction round who do you think is the secret titan do you think there are any more or do you think annie's the only one i think there are more mm-hmm. i have to i've seen some things that lead me to believe that nobody specific but if i had to guess i think that blonde guy me too he was the one i was gonna guess that was fighting annie the one that like ripped her fingers off yeah i I think think she he is a secret titan too i think he's a secret titan i think he might be a bad guy too who knows i still think that annie was trying to take aaron and i think that maybe she's trying to take him to like a world where other titans live together or maybe to talk to him. She didn't seem like she was trying to kill him. She seemed mm-hmm. like she was trying to take him somewhere. So I bet that there's actually quite a bit more than what we know. And then mm-hmm. also, do you think that, that bald guy that saves Aaron, he's like the leader of the army, do you think he's a good guy or a bad guy? I guess I think he's a good guy because he saved Aaron. But... I think he might not have such good intentions as we might think. I know that they made him likable. I'm worried that he might have bad intentions. At this point, I kind of feel like I don't trust anybody except Same. except for the main three. I trust Levi too. Yeah. I think that's it, honestly. How do you think that they become Titans? How do Titan bodies materialize around people? How do Titan bodies disappear into smoke? I don't know. What's the deal with that? I have no idea. I think we might find out more later. I think it maybe has to do with, I mean, they said it's powered by the sun. So maybe they just like run out of time for after so long or... Mm-hmm. After so much time and effort, maybe it's only for a limited amount because they're not real Titans. I think that all Titans get this fiery energy from the sun and it heats them up and then they can take the energy that's in the air and materialize it. And so it's like made out of air that's been like heated by the sun. And that's why it can disappear. It just goes up in smoke. And that's why it weighs nothing because it's made out of air, basically. I think that's what it is. I think it's just fiery sunlight and then the air and obviously some vitality from their blood. Or maybe they just combine their blood with the air and it spreads out the blood all the way across their body. Do you think that armored titan in the beginning who's bald, is that one dude who's bald? Oh, that is an interesting point. That would be one of the biggest calls of all time. What, what a ride Attack on Titan has been. I loved it. I gave the first season a 9 out of 10. Are you ready to go watch an episode of season 2? Yes! Can We've we... been saving season 2 for after we do the podcast. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Right here, right now. <laughs> Alright, thank you guys for listening. We're going to go watch Attack on Titan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. See y'all next time. Sorry, I still don't get this flirting thing. <sighs> Fine, let me explain it to you. Flirting is when a guy sees a girl he doesn't know on the street or in a store and asks her to go out. The trick is to look at her with a smile and a cheerful attitude. And if the girl says yes, you take her to tea or to whatever other place she wants to go. Don't slap on the courtesy, never stop smiling. Flirting talk to the girl seems to lie, you just keep talking, and then give her compliments. And of course you have to pay for everything. In other words, you need to act like her. Got it? That is flirting. I can't do that. Well, don't look at me! Mm-hmm.